0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. In Christianity, uh, words like resurrection and life, these are powerful words. These are Easter words. These are the words that are loaded with meaning and bring Christian's joy. However, they can become also abstractions to us. They can lose their potency and they can lose their meaning so that when life actually happens, you know someone close to us dies, a relationship dies, a job dies. When we hear those words resurrection and life, when we're really hurting, well, we hear those words, and we simply we roll our eyes. I remember a colleague of mine was telling me recently about a parishioner, and uh, they had pulled their pledge, and he uh, gave them a call and and you know and uh, he was like hey is everything all right and she said uh, to him she said you know i just want you to know that i think jesus is for the birds and uh, i think at best spiritually right now where i'm at is that i'm a unitarian agnostic and he was like, well, what, what, what's going on? And you know, she began to reiterate all of the trials that had happened during the pandemic. And she had lost her mother during the pandemic. And then just recently, she'd lost her, uh, her apartment during the, the, the rent price surge, and, uh, which forced her to move further and further out away from her uh, community. And just like a string of series of awful events, one after the other, began to befall this woman. But the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back, it was probably two of them. The straw that broke the camel's back was that she was asked to be a bridesmaid in her older, last of their like close net single friends. And this woman who asked her supposedly was less attractive, you know, but she was asked to be in the wedding, And at the same time, when she had moved out of her apartment, the guy that she thought was going to propose to her finally actually broke up with her. She was devastated. Everything in her life had that odor of death to it. And when my colleague began to try and comfort her with the words of the gospel, you know, he began to say to her, Christ is for... Before he could get the word you out, she cut him off. And she said, I'm tired of being everyone else's answered prayer. Where's Jesus when I needed him? Or in other words, Lord, if you had only been here, our brother would not have died. Have you ever asked that question of Jesus? the dark part of life, and pondered that question. When times got tough, the idea, the abstraction of resurrection and life sort of lost its meaning. Jesus had a deep, deep, very close relationship with Lazarus and his sisters. If you recall earlier, Mary and Martha had uh, entertained Jesus in their home, They were friends. So when Lazarus became ill, Mary and Martha sent an urgent message to Jesus. Come quickly. Lazarus is ill. Your friend is sick. And the hope in that request is the same hope we all would have when we call upon Jesus. The hope is the same hope my colleague's parishioner had had in Jesus. Jesus, I need something urgent. And I'm desperate. Jesus, don't tarry, but come quickly. However, it appears in our gospel reading there's no urgency on the part of Jesus, does it? In fact, Jesus arrives in Bethany four days later. And if you come with me... In 2024, you will literally see the distance from Jerusalem to Bethany. It's like all one big town now, one big city. But the distance is like basically from here down to the lower part of Manhattan. That's the distance. Jesus. you healed so many people. Healed all these randos. Healed a blind man last week you didn't even know in the temple. Talk to all these random Samaritan women. What the heck's going on with that? But you missed your best friend? Where were you, Jesus, when we needed you? How could you let our brother, your best friend, die? This is my first point. What's happening here is that Jesus is teaching us a lesson. And what he's doing here is he is revealing that uh, the Jesus we intrinsically want is not the Jesus that you actually need. (laughs) The Jesus you and I intrinsically want is an interventionist. You know, what we want in Jesus is a giant sky fairy who makes all of our dreams come true. You know, who drops everything he's doing and rushes to our assistance to make it all better. The Jesus we want, and believe me, I know, because if I'm honest, I mean, I also desperately want this Jesus, especially when I'm dealing with the Department of Buildings or the scaffolding right back there with our neighbor. I want like a uh, 24-7 janitorial Mr. Fix-It Messiah. What's your 24-7 fix-it Messiah? What is that in your life? Do not misinterpret. Do not misinterpret Jesus' perceived delay in this gospel reading or in your life for that matter and most importantly in your life as Jesus being capricious or indifferent to you. Jesus in this moment is teaching a very powerful lesson on how we relate to him and how he relates to us which is extremely relevant for you and me, especially when the spit hits the fan in our lives and we start asking the inevitable question, where are you, Jesus? What Jesus is doing is taking Mary, he's taking Martha, he's taking the crowds, he's taking you, and me in this miracle from resurrection and life as an abstract concept we throw around. And if you're ever in a church and they've dropped the definite article in a service, from uh, they just say the, they just say resurrection and life as opposed to the resurrection and the life. Get out of there. But he's taking it because they're dealing in abstractions, and what he's doing is he's taking this abstraction and he's making it very, very specific. Jesus is going to take all of us to faith in him. Notice Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha throws out the doctrinally correct abstract Sunday school answer. I know he will rise, the resurrection on the last day. And what Jesus knows in that moment, Jesus knows that the answer, that abstraction is not comforting to her or you and me when we are grieving the loss of something so important. When you're grieving the loss of something that's keeping you awake at three in the morning and shaking the very foundation of your Christianity hey, God never gives you more than you can handle, that is an abstraction and it's not helpful. What Jesus is teaching in this miracle, the point of the delay and then the subsequent death of Lazarus is, Jesus is taking us beyond the abstract hope one day to the hope here and now in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is revealing himself to Martha as the object of her faith and hope now. And the same is for you. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die." Martha, do you believe this? St. George's, do you believe this? Hear me. If Jesus would have rushed to Bethany, you know, got the fastest donkey he could have found and galloped off, he could you picture it anyway but uh mum away but anyway um but he would have spared he would have spared Mary and Martha their grief he would have spared his friend Lazarus the agony of death but they wouldn't have thought any more of him than Jesus was just some like great prophet who received what he asked of God however Jesus is so much so much more do you believe this do you believe this i mean notice what he's done over the last several weeks in these very long gospel readings he brings this samaritan woman along to the point where she goes back and evangelizes her village come te- come see a man who told me everything about myself he takes this blind man and he gives him sight and tells him that he is the messiah Now he is taking them all to this very place where they will know that he is so much more than simply the Messiah or simply more than just a prophet. Jesus is so much more than just some sort of prophet. Jesus is so much more than just some sort of dogma and doctrine. Dogma and doctrine are extremely, extremely important, but he is so much more than that He is so much more than the sky fairy who answers our very beck and call. Do you believe this? That question, it jumps right off the page of the scripture and right into our ears this morning, and it calls for, by the power of the Holy Spirit, faith. Faith. And it creates faith to believe in Jesus in the here and the now. When everything in your life seems to be rolling downhill. You've heard that old saying, crap goes downhill. Let me tell you, even more powerfully, grace rolls downhill. And Jesus meets you right where you're at. The living God meets you right where you're at. And in this delay, Jesus is teaching a deeper truth of who he is. That Jesus isn't just simply resurrection and life, but the resurrection and the life. And he does this by letting his friend Lazarus die. Jesus teaches us this powerful lesson by sometimes leaving things as they are in our lives so that we might hear his strangely, uncomfortable, comforting question. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life when I hear your prayers and it appears like nothing's happened? Let me tell you, he's at work more than you could possibly know. Do you believe in him? You know, do you believe this when I let you die? It's an uncomfortably comforting. And in the difficulty of life, this gospel message is often all we're given. But this is my second point. That ultimately is the crisis of faith. It's the crisis of faith for Martha in this minute. Does she simply believe in abstract resurrection to come that means nothing and offers no comfort in the present? Or does she believe in the resurrection and the life that is standing right in front of her and talking to her? And that's the crisis of faith for you and I as well. To believe in Jesus when things get tough and trust Jesus with something so elusive, so terrifying, so unknown as your very life, as your very death. I mean, trust him with your life. You trust him with the little things. You trust him with the math test. You trust him with all these other things. But do you trust him with your death? And all of the many deaths that lead up to it. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus has actually got you? I know when I ask that question, I'm like, ah. Because it means on a powerful level to relinquish control. That question, do you believe this, is so important. Because life, even as a Christian, can be hard. Especially when it seems like Jesus is doing nothing. We pray in our Eucharistic prayer that the sacrament we eat, the body and blood of Jesus, we pray during the season of Lent, would not be for solace only, but for strength. Not for pardon only, but for renewal. And we believe that with all of our hearts. Yet every year, we seem to grow a little older. We seem to grow a little weaker in body and soul. And like Lazarus, you and I are going to die. But this is why I love what happens next in our gospel reading. Jesus goes to the tomb. He commands, and this is all a foreshadow of what's about to happen. He commands the stone to be rolled away and Martha knows that this is a crazy request because, well, with death comes odor. And after four days, I mean, have you ever been around a dead body? After like four days, I mean, that is going to be pungent. That's an odor that you can definitely taste. But you hear, even in her statement, but Lord, there's going to be an odor. Her faithlessness and he doesn't abandon her in that. He speaks right to her faithlessness. And he says, did I tell you to trust me and you would see the glory of God? And to all of our faithlessness as well, he reminds us, didn't I tell you to trust me and you will see the glory of God? And then Jesus prays to the Father and then shouts into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. This is a tomb that probably held several bodies. A mausoleum, a family tomb. And Lazarus does. He comes out of that tomb alive. And it's very important, I once heard this, that Jesus had to say Lazarus specifically because if he just said come out, all of the bodies in that tomb would have come rock-walking out. But in this miracle, Jesus demonstrates something very significant for you and I when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. He demonstrates that your God is the resurrection and the life. We are not dealing with simply abstract stuff and bumper stickers, but we are dealing with the living God whom even death must submit to and obey. That is good news. And this is my third point. Jesus, he's not an abstraction. As a matter of fact, by the power of his spirit, Jesus is here. And Jesus is not only the resurrection and the life, he is specifically your resurrection and your life. Trust him and you live even though you die. Trust him and you live in and through your death. Trust him, and you will never die forever. And that is as sure as Jesus himself is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. There can be no doubt about it. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Dying in him you live. And as that word pierces your heart, we all gathered around this table will experience the real miracle that happened on the day that Lazarus was raised from the dead. The real miracle is found at the very end. The crowds believed in him and you and I believe in him as well. To the glory of God the Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorge's.org slash give. Thank you for your support.